So we invite you to go with us to Psalms 94, verses 17 and 18, reading from the New Living Translation in this Just One Word series. This is the 14th message in this Just One Word series. It began on September the 12th of this year. And here we are now, 14 weeks later, and we introduce you to another word, which happens to be a familiar word for us for this year of 2021, a word that is found in our theme. Listen to what the psalmist declares in the 94th Psalm, verses 17 and 18. I love this reference. In fact, I love the New Living Translation of how it puts this. Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. And he writes, I cried out, I am slipping. But your unfailing love, King James says, your mercy, O Lord, supported me. Once again, I cried out, Lord, I'm slipping. Uh, but your mercy, your unfailing love, O oh Lord, supported me. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from this one word. The word for today's message is simply support. Somebody shout support as you clap your hands and take your seats. Support. Listen, as we look back now on this second Sunday in the last month of this year of 2021. We look back over what God has done. We said to you in 1 Peter 5 and 10 at the beginning of this year, God said, I will restore you, I will support you, and I will strengthen you. And now, as we did on last week, we talked about how God had restored us, which was the first word in our theme for this year. And now, this week, we would like to discuss that second word in this year's theme, the word support. Listen, last week it was stated that the process of restoration, which was last week's message, is what happens in our lives uh, after a loss. What happens in our lives after being hurt. What happens to us after we have been damaged. And yes, even perhaps after we almost lost everything. Almost had been totally destroyed. In other words, as we said to you on last week, it is an after this experience. God says, uh, after you've come through all of that, I will restore you. I will re-establish you. And now as we move to this week, this second word in our thing, the word is support. We would like to look at this word support perhaps in a little different perspective as we did with the word restore. We would like to discuss not just what the Lord did for us after we had been through hardships, but what he did, please don't miss this, what he did for us as we were going through them. <laughs> Restoration happens after you come out. Oh, I'm preaching to someone. But support is what you get 
when you're going through it, when you're broke, busted, and disgusted, when you don't feel like getting out of the bed in the morning. God reminded me that he's not just a God that restore us after we have been through hell and high waters. But he's also the God that supports us as we are going through it. Aren't you glad to know that he showed up in the fire of furnace when they were placed in the fire? Piper say the fourth man showed up in the midst of the fire. God says, I, I, I not only can reestablish you after you survive a tragedy, but I can hold your hands uh, when you're going through a tragedy. Listen, on January the 17th of this year, we preached about restoring from the perspective of going towards the year. Remember that sermon in Isaiah 41, I think verse 10, and God uh, simply says uh, to them, I will withhold you with my right hand. But that was a promise over what God will do. But now we have the luxury. Now we have an opportunity to look back after 11 months and one week and says, let me tell you what God did do for me. There, there ought to be at least 10 witnesses in here of someone who survived the last 11 months and you can testify what God did for you as you were going through it. Any witnesses? Can, can I see any hands? Someone viewing virtually. Listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalms 124 and verse 1, the New King James Version. He writes this, this iconic verse. He says, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. Now I know some of you are just that bad that you survived all on your own and you're just that deep and smart and you've got it going on and you've got all the gifts and talents that anybody could ask for. You really didn't need any help. But for the rest of us, <laughs> but for the rest of us who really appreciated the fact that God was on our side, our testimony is the only reason I'm standing here on the second Sunday in December is because God helped me get through March, April, May, June, July, August, January, February, September, October, November. Only reason I'm here woo, is because God has helped me. Somebody say he's helped me. He's, anybody know that God has helped you? Listen, one of the most profound and powerful testimonies in the New Testament is that of the Apostle Paul. Uh, and he shares this testimony after he had been arrested on his way to a Roman prison. Uh, on his journey to Rome, uh, he goes and testifies before King Agrippa. King Agrippa, uh, who had the power to release him or to pardon him, uh, if Paul would have apologized for spreading the gospel. <laughs> but Paul said, there's no apology that would be coming out of me. But I do want you to know something, King Agrippa. Therefore, having obtained help from God, I still stand. <laughs> You got to be able to look back over your life and say, because God was on my side, I'm still standing. I don't care who you testify against. Somebody got to stand and say, God, I thank you. Take 10 seconds, somebody. If, if God has been good to you in 2021, if God has helped you in 2021, somebody ought to clap those hands. Someone ought to open your mouth. Someone ought to give God 
your best praise. Wave at someone and say, I had some help. I had some help. Woo! Woo! Ah. ah, it's one thing to shout in January, <laughs> but it's another one, Pastor Bradley, to have survived all year long and say, God, you're still on my side. Am I right about it? Listen, listen to this. And God dropped this word in my spirit as I was preparing this message some weeks ago. And God said this to me, and I had to think and pause for a moment. But he said, perhaps... One could argue that at times it is more important to have support during our hardships than restoration afterwards. Amen. If somebody is going to bless you with some money, would you want it while you're broke or after you've recovered? Just help me understand that. If somebody says, you know, people come to you after you come out and you've been restored and everything is good. They say, I just want to drop something in your hand because I've been thinking about you. I really appreciate it, but I really, really could have used it six months ago. Amen. And so what God says is that me being by your side in the midst of what you were going through. Perhaps it's more significant than me restoring you after you come out. See, because when you're out, you're out. <laughs> Amen. When you come out, you have survived. But when you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, when you don't know if you're going to survive one more day, if you don't know if the hellhounds will get the best of you, you need God by your side. David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Is there anybody in here that's so glad that God was right there by your side in the midst of hell and high water while you, when you were losing your mind? I've come to appreciate a God that shows up in the midst of a valley experience. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness. <laughs> I appreciate all of those songs, but nothing more than he walks with me. <laughs> he talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. Anyone ever had God walk with you? In the midst, Here, here's the way my dad used to put it in his favorite psalm. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. Uh, he walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I am his own. The older I got, the more I appreciate how you need God to be with you in the midst of a crisis see if you survived anything you survived because God was on your side don't y'all fool me but every now and then you ought to praise God so hard you ought to make the devil so mad because the devil thought he had you but you got away why because God God said oh I'm not that God says when the enemy and my foe came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against your enemy. I need 10 people that don't mind jumping one time and say, Lord, I thank you because you didn't have to do this, but you did. Woo. Wave at somebody and say he'll show up. He will show up. He will show up. Anybody know God will show. Y'all are gonna make me preach. Ah. Listen. Ooh, God. 
Listen, I felt good in January because I was looking forward to what God was going to do. But now that I've survived 11 months and one week, I've got a testimony behind this praise. (laughs) Somebody in here, Deacon Bobby Diamond, you've been through something, but you can sit up in church and say God is still good. Anybody can praise God if he ain't never, excuse me, grammar, been through anything. But is there anybody who still got to praise after all the things you've been through? I still have joy. I still have joy. I still have Y'all put a quick praise for the I still have I still have I still have I still have That's for every demon that came up against you Sometimes you ought to just praise God in the devil's face and say what you intended to destroy me. Actually, God allowed me to come out of it and I'm all right now. Uh, Let me move on. I got to say that for the strengthened message, okay? In our text, in the sacred Psalms, Psalmist writes this word uh, to a people who were going through something. In fact, biblical scholarship suggests that the author of the psalm is unknown. We don't really know who writes the psalm. It has been surmised by scholars from anyone from Moses to one of the prophets could have written the psalm. However, it is believed that it was written during a very difficult period in the life of the people of God. And perhaps that is why it is not feasible to think that Moses could have written it. Because it was written during one of the wicked rule, ruling of one of the wicked kings of Israel. Written to faithful people. Uh, who, who were doing their best just to hold on. This psalms, from, its, from the way it was written in the form of a conversation, look at it, between the psalmist and God during this very difficult time. The psalmist is very transparent. Uh, he expresses his inner feelings towards God. He finds himself asking God real questions and rhetorical questions. But he begins uh, by expressing his frustration. And he says to God in verse 3 of the text, he asks God the question, How long, O Lord, how long will the wicked be allowed to gloat? Some of us have found ourselves with that question. Just how long will these people brag on all the wickedness they have been doing and all the things they have acquired from their wicked enterprises? Lord, how how long do we have to put up with the gloating of people who have no intent of having a relationship with you. Sometimes it, it, it gets to you, doesn't it? Can we just keep it real? Here you are doing all you know how to do, worshiping God, coming out, worshiping God, even with a mask on in a worship service. And yet there are some people who don't even think about what God has done and for them. So the psalmist goes on to even in this conversation, in this dialogue with God, He goes on to suggest, uh, here are some things that the righteous had to endure at the hand of the wicked. 
He says in verse number five, the wicked, they crush your people, Lord, hurting those you claim as your own. So he, he, he's transparent. He's real. He says, Lord, it just seems to me, the psalmist suggests, that these who are wicked seems to gloat and they're hurting the very people you say you cherish. <laughs> ah. he, he gets out of his inner self, his inner frustration, but he shifts courses uh, in about verse 14. We see that the tone of the psalm began to shift. And now he begins to say, well, let me encourage God's people. And he writes in verse 14, the Lord will not reject his people. I told you this, this psalm is like a huckle and jive. It's, 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 it's like you would think some bipolar person wrote this because uh, he one way he's up, next time he's down. But, 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 but he's just real. He's just real. This is how I feel. But then he shifts and he says to the people of God, the Lord will not reject his people. This is the part I like. He goes on to say, he will not abandon his special possession. <laughs> Woo! That's a word for somebody. Just let that settle down on you for a moment. God will not abandon those of you who are special to him because of your faithfulness. Now this is the same psalmist who says, how long does the wicked have to glow? They abandon and hurt your people, but then I, I just believe with my spiritual imagination that God allowed him to see that God was still in charge. <laughs> in the midst of everything bad we're thinking about, we still need to know that God is still in charge. But then he shifts even more in verses 16 and then verses 17 and 18. Look at verse 16. The psalmist then asks a question that he answers himself. He asks the question, who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evil doers? <laughs> we all have been there, right? Lord, who's on my side? Lord, is, is there anybody that's going to stand with me against these forces of evil that's coming against me? But then God gives him the answer to his own question. And he begins to answer his question in verses 17 and 18, which is our text. Let me read verses 17 and 18, and then I want to share with you three key insights from these verses. Look at the answer. The answer is this. Unless the Lord had helped me, I would have soon settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out. I am slipping. But your unfailing love, your mercy, oh Lord, supported me. Three key insights and then we are done. Three key takeaways from these verses that I want you to hold on to this week. Three important things uh, that you need to incorporate in your life this week. Number one is this, without the help of the Lord. This psalmist says he would have given up a long time ago. Can anyone just keep it real? Is there anyone in here that said the truth of the matter is without God's help? Look at what the psalmist says. He said, I would have soon settled in the silence of the grave. When they had their foot on my neck, I would have accepted it. When they were dogging me out, I would have just settled in that emotional grave. 
when they gave up on me, I would have said, so that is my fate. But I had some help. <laughs> is there anybody know that if God had not helped you, you would have given up alone. Some of you have been through so much so long that I'm amazed how you're still standing. But it's not you. It is God on your side. You've been sick so long. You've been broke so long. You've been disgusted so long. You've been dogged out and hurt so long. You almost settled. You almost gave up. Let me tell you something my mother gave me a powerful testimony once after my dad had died she said you know what she said it would have been so easy for me to give up she said I was so deeply hurt and I had been with this man for so long she says you don't know how easy it would have been to just slip away in the grave but God intervene. I, I just know there's some but God testimonies in here. Any, any, anyone in here has a but God testimony? God, I almost gave up. Rose, you lost your husband and your son, but you're still coming to church. It would have been so easy for somebody to say, I give up, but the devil is a liar. God still gets the victory. Somebody put a but God praise Put a 10 second stand to your feet. Everybody lift those hands and say, but God. Come on. Deacon Bobby Diamond, but God. Deacon Melton, but God. Somebody has a but God. But, 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 but God. Woo. I would have soon settled in the silence of the grave. <laughs> but God helped me. <laughs> Look at the second key insight from this powerful, incredible text. Second key insight. The psalmist was not ashamed to cry out to the Lord during a crisis. Some of us have become too cute. We, we've become too uppity. We, we, we've become too reserved <laughs> to cry out to the Lord, I need a miracle. Ooh, blind Bartimaeus on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho and when he heard that it was Jesus passing by. Cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were with him that were just as messed up as he was said to him, be quiet, don't cry so loud. But he ignored them and cried even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Is there anybody in here that's not ashamed to cry out, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. Come on, is there anybody in here not ashamed to lift your hands and say, I need a breakthrough right now. Lord, save my family. Lord, put my marriage back together again. Lord, bless me on my job. Lord, touch my sick body. Anyone needs a breakthrough in Somebody in here needs God to do something. I dare you to cry out. I, I, I invite you to cry out. Cry out. Where are my worshipers? Cry out. Lord, do it for me. Lord, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it for me. Here's what the text says. Verse 18 in the text, the psalmist says, I cried out, I'm slipping. See, son, you can't even be ashamed to let it be known. Look, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> y'all think I'm all of that, 
but I'm about to lose it. I don't know if I can keep it together again. I'm praying for my family. I'm about to lose it. I don't know what to do. I remember years and years ago, I was a young preacher preaching on this pulpit, and I had just bailed my youngest son out of jail. And I had to come and preach the next Sunday. And I fell down on my knees and said, Lord, I don't know if I can make it anymore. I need you to do something right away. And God told me to get up, son, and praise your way out of this. And I'll turn it around. And he, this young son is now a minister and an ordained preacher in God's word. Don't tell me what God can do. Is there anybody willing to cry out? I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Woo. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. Bless me, Lord. I need you. do it won't he do it mother won't he god will do it and here's the third and the final insight as you rest upon your feet here's the third and the final insight Uh, insight number one Without the help of the Lord, he would have given up a long time ago. Insight number two, this psalmist was not ashamed to cry out, Lord, I'm slipping. (laughs) Oh, but insight number three, the Lord was there to support him as he was going through it. I've got a word from God for you. God said I was right there (laughs) Uh, this summer when you almost lost it all I was right there God says when when you lost that loved one I was right there the psalmist writes in verse 18 but your mercy your unfailing love oh Lord supported me anybody know God was right there (laughs) not only will he hold you up but he has held us up. Somebody say, God has held us up. God has held us up. Any witnesses, any witnesses in here that know that God has held you up? You almost slipped. You almost lost it all. But God support, the word support means to undergird, to hold you up. God has been your foundation. Listen, I'm done, but I want you to know something. His mercy, oh Lord, your mercy has supported me. Look back over your life this year, just this year, and look at how good God has been. You know that old proverb, and the man gives us, and you've heard this before about the footprints in the sand and he prayed to God and said Lord I saw you walking with me where my footprints were I saw your footprints he said Pastor Lawson and I took comfort in the fact of knowing that you were right there walking with me and then he said the port said but then Lord I noticed only one set of footprints in the sand and I thought you told me you would never leave me thought you told me you would never forsake me I thought you had promised me that you would be there every step of the way and the Lord said to the man son those footprints you see in the sand They are not your footprints, but they are my footprints. I was carrying you. I was holding you up. 
you didn't have the strength to walk yourself but I was told I was holding you up how many of you know during the rough times in your life God has carried you anybody grateful that God has carried you leave your seat the altar is open and somebody comments so Lord I thank you I thank you come on come on thank you for supporting me thank you thank you thank you Lord thank you God carried you. God carried you. God supported you. Oh, you almost had a mental breakdown, an emotional breakdown. But God, but God. Oh, I feel something. Thank you, music. Come on. Everybody just wave those hands in the air. Cry out. Cry out. Open your mouth and cry out. Thank you, Lord. Listen. Ron Wining writes this song that we've chosen for the altar song. And the song says, my help (laughs) cometh from the Lord. He writes, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. (laughs) Somebody, if you believe that, lift your hands and help me say, my help cometh from the Lord. Listen. I don't depend on who occupies the White House in order to determine if I am optimistic about the future. Now I will confess to you I haven't always been there. There have been times in my life in which not having who I thought would be the right person would depress me. But not anymore. Because this is what I've realized, Deacon Simmons, Deacon Thomas Kennedy, this is what I've realized, that my help does not come from any elected official. My help does not come from any business person, but my help comes from the Lord. He said he would not suffer that foot to be moved. The Lord keepeth thee. He would not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. He shall preserve thy soul even forevermore. Someone lift your hands and say, my help, my help cometh from the Lord. Praise and worship team shall come right now. Listen, all the worships, just you and God. Mine eyes to the hills, look to from the hills. Cometh my help, uh, help cometh from the Lord, <laughs> Ooh, uh, Lord which made heaven and earth. He said, He would not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved. The Lord that keepeth thee, he would not slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shame. Upon thy right hand, that is someone's testimony. Upon thy right hand 
shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night he shall preserve thy soul even forevermore forevermore my him <laughs> that's personal all of my help cometh from God the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. close to giving up <laughs> but the Lord helped me <laughs> if the Lord had not helped me mother I don't know if I could have gotten up some of you have taken the enemy's best shot but you've gotten up because the Lord helped you you refuse to settle in the silence of the grave because God was right there by your side some of you've lost loved ones you've lost jobs some of your health has declined but it has not stopped your praise verse 18 the psalmist says I cried out told the Lord I'm slipping Lord <laughs> I'm falling Lord but your mercy, your unfailing love supported me. <laughs> Somebody come on, my help. <laughs> come on and tell him. Come on, tell him again. Anybody know you had some help? All the worshipers. Come on, my help. Come from Jesus. One more time. If you believe that, lift those hands and say, I can count on 
those eyes to those of you that are joining us virtually. Wherever you are, make it your altar. Let us touch and agree. Here we are, Lord, on this second Sunday in the month of December, in the year 2021. Some have endured so much, not just this year, but over the last almost two years. <laughs> Some have been through so much, but they haven't given up. I thank you because not only did you restore us after we came out, but perhaps even more importantly, you supported us <laughs> as we were going through it. You carried us on the sand shores and the footprints we see in the sand they're not our footprints but they belong to you <laughs> because when we could not carry ourselves when we could not support ourselves you were a very present help in the time of trouble <laughs> and we say thank you Someone needs to know you. Someone perhaps who thought they could make it on their own. They need to know that without you in their lives, they would never survive. They could never make it. Thank you, Lord. And now we introduce someone to you. If you don't know him, if you've not accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it is not too late. He is still a very present help. You're waiting to undergird. You're waiting to hold someone up as they go through this next experience in their lives. We pray that some soul, that someone right now would accept you. But this is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody that loves the Lord said amen, amen. As you walk back to your seat, the elders and the ministers are at the back. If you want to make a commitment, if you want to join the church, if you want to do that right now, uh, if you need somebody to just pray with you right now, someone is there to pray with you. To those of you who are joining us virtually, there's a prayer line number on the screen. If you would just call that number. If you want to accept the Lord as your Savior, if you need a spiritual covering, amen. We're there to pray for you right now. As we prepare for the benediction, everybody, my help as we stand to your feet. Come on and tell them. your mercy but your unfailing love supported me listen if you're here today don't be ashamed one of the points was you cannot be ashamed to cry out I need help we, we have those that are standing in the back ready to pray with you and for you without any judgment if there's one thing I detest as a man of God, and that is those who judge others for what they're going through. The fact of the matter is that we all have had and are having our own valley experiences, but God, amen. And so reach out right now. Somebody is right there to pray with you and to pray for you. Thank you for being a part of this service. Thank you for all that you've done. And don't forget our vision. Don't forget what God has given us an assignment to do. Listen, I want to say this before the benediction. There are seven projects 
that we have on the drawing board. Some say that's pretty aggressive, but I serve an aggressive God. And we are going to break ground. Let me say that again. In the next couple of months, we will break ground on three to four of those projects because of God. Amen. Because of God. And I say thank you. Be a part of what God is doing. Just remember, he's right there to support you. Let us lift those hands. Come on, praise team. Take us out again. Just before the benediction, lift those hands. Listen. All of my help coming from the Lord. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may he rest with us, may he abide with us, may he guide us as we begin this week with another word, and the word is support. May he remind us every day of this week that we are not alone, that we have not been forgotten or abandoned, that God is right there supporting us. This is our prayer, Lord. In your name we pray, bless us until we meet again. And everyone that loves the Lord said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this worship service.